You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare Alley, the spooky little side street podcast in the Nightmare on Film Street feed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we are joined today by the Adams family, being filmmakers John Adams, Toby Poser, Zelda Adams, and Lulu Adams. The Adams have been making movies together for years. This is their, I think, seventh movie together? That's so cool. And they have really found a sweet spot when it comes to making independent horror movies. They're here today to talk to us about their newest film, Hellbender, which is a punk rock coming-of-age tale about witchcraft, eating people, casting spells, drinking blood, you know, the kind of stuff mothers and daughters usually do together. (laughs) Yeah, it's also uh, kick-ass and rock and roll themed, just kind of been like the theme on the podcast the last few weeks. Hell yeah. So it's cool that we are carrying the theme through, and this is a family band, family filmmakers, all the, the lines between film and real life is very blurred. Yeah, you may have heard about their, their previous film, The Deeper You Dig. Uh, a much more quiet, brooding indie film that was on the festival circuit a few years ago. We caught Hellbender back at Fantasia, and we have been waiting to talk to you guys about it. Uh, we're not going to spoil anything here on the podcast. We don't really get into too much detail, but we do talk to the Adams about their development process, where the idea came from, what making movies with your family looks like, because I'm sure if you just decided to make a movie with your family right now, it probably wouldn't go so smooth. There are very few families where that would actually fucking work. Right? <laughs> They're the coolest, and we really think you're going to enjoy Hellbender. It's on Shutter right now, so feel free to, to watch the movie before you listen to the interview or, or listen to it now for a little bit of background. Like I said, we don't get into any spoilers. We do talk a little bit about the special effects, with, which, oh, is, true. which yeah. may or may not be spoilery, we're not going to get too detailed into the context of it, but more the execution. One quick thing before we uh, before we get into the interview. There were some technical issues at the very beginning. Uh, so we, we start by talking with Toby and John. You will hear Zelda and Lulu come in halfway through because the Wi-Fi in their apartment wasn't working and they had to go outside with, with their cell phone uh, to actually join the Zoom call. So just a heads up for that. But without further ado, enjoy our interview with the Adams Family, and here is the trailer for Hellbender. from the fear, fear of death. Every living thing has it. The more fear pumping through the blood, the more power. Made a worm. Are your friends okay? 
Open a door that, once it's open, it can be hard shut. I shouldn't have kept this from you. It was a mistake. Liar. I know the truth, Mom. I did what I was taught to do. Winter eats fall, fall eats summer, summer eats spring, and spring eats winter. <laughs> what do you smell? I smell a man. You know why we're called hellbenders? Because we're fierce. Have you been in my dreams? They break my heart, I'll devour you. If they want to believe in hell so badly, I'll give them hell. I just want us to be people. It's not a gift, Izzy. Then why was it given? I'm not afraid of you, Izzy. You will be. I'm sure you guys are busy, so we can we can get started and, you know, Lulu and Zelda can jump in whenever they show up. That's totally fine. Actually, this this works out perfectly anyway, because uh, first I wanted to ask you guys about when you started making movies. And I was trying to think of the most polite way to say, like, did you guys want to start making movies before the kids were in the picture or not? <laughs> we all started making movies together. Actually, all of our dreams kind of came together at the same moment. The girls were watching. I think it was Twilight or something like that. And they were always talking about how they wanted to be. Bella, you know, they were like, they were really into these characters. And I remember talking to them and being like, you know, being an actress is hard. It's like those Bella that you think Bella's cool and she has a cool life. I'll bet you she doesn't. She works so hard. And they were still like, yeah, but we want to be actresses. And Toby kind of was having trouble with uh, getting roles and stuff because Hollywood doesn't like, you know, understand how the beauty of all women, you know, they, they, anyway, over. and <laughs> right over, right. Exactly. And, um, and I had been on a TV show and I kind of really loved the production side of it. Like I was getting to talk to the cameramen and the women and the micro, you know, the sound people and the producers. And I really liked that, like that part of it. And so all of our dreams kind of came together right at the right moment. Also, as technology got cheap enough where we could buy a Canon 5D and like a Sennheiser mic for the whole package for under $3,000. And suddenly we could shoot high quality, at least to us, high quality movies. So we bought this RV and hit the road together and made a movie called Rumble Strips where we didn't know anything. And it's really good that we didn't know anything because if we had known what we didn't know, we never would have done it. (laughs) (laughs) And um, no, we all grew together. It was pretty cool. So what's the, I haven't seen Rumble Strips. What's the, what's the story of that? And where did the idea come from? You know, it, it's funny. It actually came, uh, the very first film we were going to make was going to be a ghost story, like a Western ghost story. Right. Um, and, and we realized at the time we didn't really have the means to pull off a Western. So we, we said, let's just contemporize it. So it was about a mother uh, and her two young children. At the time, the girls were six and 11. Wow. We made this first film. Um, the mother's the f- mother and father has has died, and so the mother has been selling weed in Northern California, and she gets busted. And so while she's awaiting sentencing, um, she takes the kids on this road trip. Yeah, and it still was going to be a ghost story where they go on the road trip, but something horrible happens when they meet a creepy stranger <laughs> who actually kills them. And so we started shooting it, and we were having such a good time when they were driving, and John's is just like. I don't want to kill the kids. (laughs) I I don't want to kill the kids either. So it turned into this kind of beautiful story. 
about um, their last hurrah before she goes to prison. It was wonderful. <laughs> That's so cute, though. <laughs> yeah, it was like we were like we had written music for, you know, like and the music was sad and we were talking about killing the kids and we were oh, <laughs> and it really was. It was such a great trip. And it was just like, I just am not I don't want to do this. You know, let's let's do something else. So I'm still a creep in it, but I'm a creep. It gets pretty dispatched by the kids and the the mother. So it, it was way fun. And eight years later, we were ready to kill the kids. <laughs> Once they hit those late teenage years, suddenly it's okay and easy. <laughs> and so like, I, I've talked to you guys before and it seems like you're always writing stories that are based on your, your own life. Um, like these are always sort of in some way portraits. Was that always the goal or is it just sort of a happy accident? I don't think we had a goal when we started out, but I think that we realized number one, that's fun is just to take our, our real lives and put a little twist on them. And now that we're making horror movies, it's really fun because horror movies for us are like good dramas where you get to pour blood all over it. <laughs> and it's really, you know, the horror community has really welcomed the idea of exploring family values and family dramas and, They've just been wonderful. They seem to react well to that. And we love family stuff. So it just seems like a great match, you know? Do you find it yeah. like therapeutic? Yeah, I think it, I do. That's an interesting word that you're using because I always kind of feel like because we are a very happy family, horror is this great way to kind of have this very safe rehearsing field, like playing field where you can go through a lot of things that really scare the fuck out of you. But in the safety of of a film or a nightmare, you know? So I think it is, I don't know, it is strangely therapeutic. And we, and the whole family issues we like to talk about, I think are universal. Like in Hellbender, you've, you have parents and you have teens and everyone's got, got their own growth they've got to go through. So it's the fun part is just like pushing it through this strange supernatural lens, but, but the message is the same. And, and, the, and the, the, to use your word, it is therapeutic. I think it's really cool too, not to put like words in your daughter's mouths, but uh, to experience like the depth of emotion with your parents. I, I found that like, you know, when you become a teenager, oftentimes you kind of separate from your parents and you get to experience those adult emotions, but you kind of do it solo. And to get to be able to do it with you guys and explore it in like a safe kind of uh, faux way is really cool. It is cool. It's funny also we are like we're very good friends with our kids they're kind of equals we, they call us john and toby like we've always we've all grown together so we in real life we really share a lot together so it, it's 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 not just the movies it's like in real life we're able to talk honestly about all those issues and it's it's fun actually sometimes to bring that kind of parenting or that kind of family dynamic two movies it's it's very interesting when some people are like oh that's a weird dynamic and it's and they ask us about it and in fact it's kind of our dynamic so it's funny sometimes where you're like oh is it weird okay yeah and i'll just say too and, it, and i apologize this is cheesy as all hell but <laughs> to create something together to make art together is like the most beautiful thing yeah. it's just because you kind of succeed together sometimes you don't succeed but 
it does put us on this very equal equal level and for them to see their parents working hard and and succeeding or not and for us to see our kids you know wanting to actually collaborate with us and work really hard and succeed or not is kind of just it's a beautiful thing and just getting to barf blood on your mom is really cool (laughs) (laughs) that's really fun Yeah. So, I mean, with that in mind, let's let's talk about Hellbender a bit, I guess. Where did where did the idea come for that? Like, especially just the Hellbender as a creature, because it's sort of a cross between a witch and a demon, which is really fucking cool. So cool. Thank you. Well, okay, uh, two things. First of all, so we had our band Hellbender before the movie and it's Hellbender, but the E's are sixes. And um, when we started making music videos for that, we realized we were just naturally exploring this kind of like visual, you know, what are the visuals of our, this concept of a hellbender going to be? You know, we knew the hellbender was going to be something, you know, unapologetic and strong and kind of female in identity. And then the music videos, once we started shooting them, we realized, oh, this is a direction we have to take further. And then another thing happened right before the deeper you dig came out, my mom, um, my mom died. And she told me right before she died that I was donor conceived. So this father, I had thought I had a different father for 50 years and it was pretty amazing. And that got the the wheels turning too. like, Oh, how can we turn this into a story about genetics and identity? And what if your genetics were not exactly human and what if they weren't pretty? Yeah, at first, uh, the first actually the first rendition of the movie was called The Devil's Daughter, and because immediately when we were like, "Oh my God, who's your dad?" We didn't know who her dad was, and it was like, "He's probably the devil." That's <laughs> <laughs> right where we went, and then it was like, so we're like, "Oh my God, that'd be really a great film." Like if you found out that you were the devil's daughter, you know. But then we realized as we started to write that, like. Ooh, the devil is such a massive character that that's way too big for the Adams family. So we just took a little piece of the devil, which is like a hellbender. It's great though, because you guys like, got to make your whole mythos around this this character you've created. And that was super fun. And we sat around a, a lot of dinner tables talking about the rules of a hellbender. What what are the rules? Like, what's the myth? And um, we all had our input into it. And I think in the end, it's a really fun monster because it feeds off the fear of humans. And um, hey, look at those oh, two. And they're oh. gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they're back. Nice trees. I love it. Uh, hi. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Trying to find like the right. <laughs> Sorry, the internet was destroying us. That's okay. How are you? We're good. How are you? We're great. Very good. Very good. Thank you. You got here just excited in, to talk. You got here just in time. We were talking about the origins of the of of Hellbenders, uh, and your uh, Toby and John were telling us that it came from music videos, and that we were really just talking now about sitting around the dinner table and figuring out the rules of what Hellbenders are. Right. Yeah. It was so fun getting to create like our own mythological creature, like. That's one of the greatest things about horror is like there's no rules, but you can design whatever creature, whatever storyline, whatever, you know, rules you want. And it, it was just so fun getting because we didn't want to make, you know, another like witch movie. We wanted to do something different. So that's kind of like where Hellbenders were created. 
Yeah, that was definitely the the thing that hooked us the most. Like, oh, cool, witch movies. We like witch movies. And then to see that it's a completely unique take on on witches or monsters was was just like the cherry on top. It was great. Yeah, and folk horror is usually like it usually leans more gentle and soft, and it's yeah. very natural. And and this is kind of like folk horror, but like with devil horns. Like it's very cool. It goes cool. it goes very hurrah. <laughs> Originally, uh, their power was going to come from eating babies. And so we filmed, we were like, what could be the worst thing? Like, what's the worst thing that something can do? And we were like, oh, eating babies. And then somebody <laughs> said, no, actually eating puppies. <laughs> so we, but we were like, mm, well, we were no. Gonna, I, we were going to do both, actually. Right. And then <laughs> we were going to do both. Like, Let's do babies and puppies. That's really good. Um, but we, so we started filming the eating of the babies things. And that also was it like, was so it, it wasn't good. And it was too means <laughs> and it was very hard to get a real looking baby. <laughs> so we moved on to pumping blood. And so how long have you guys been the band Hellbender? Like how, when did that start? Well, we've been making music together for, since I was like maybe seven years old, I think. So that's like 10 years of making music together. Wow. Um, wow. We've gone through different band names. Like we used to be called Kid California. I used to play drums, but then I got more interested in like singing. So the past couple of years, it's been like me, Toby and Lulu singing. And so that's been really fun. And like we started making music videos and everything. And we were like, these music videos are so fun let's like make a movie that's just kind of like a bunch of music videos, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of what Hellbender is. It's like this weird combination of music videos and horror. It works. It works so well. Uh, it, it gives the movie like such a cool heartbeat. Uh, even just like watching, like there's, there's, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Uh, that, <laughs> that, that shot on the Converse shoes is just like so fun to watch. And it's just like, just you know, a bunch of fun zoom ins with your bass drum. I loved it. Well, it's so funny because Converse, Chuck Taylor All-Stars, they, all of us, as soon as we see Chuck Taylor's All-Stars, we got it. Everybody understands what's going on, you yeah. know? Uh, the, another thing about the music that from the deeper you dig, we felt like it was a super heavy story and there wasn't much fun in it. And we really wanted to have fun in this movie. Like we wanted it to be a horrible movie. Like we wanted some great horror. We wanted some pain and suffering, but at the same time, we wanted it to be fun. We wanted the audience to have a fun ride and a great vehicle for fun was the music. And also it was a good way for us to kind of tell backstory in really quick little sections so that we didn't have to explain it in any way. And so the music was a great vehicle to drive the story and to keep the, the movie fun. At least that's what we, we hope. Yeah, and I always think of the music numbers too as a kind of spell casting. Like mm. even though we don't go out and say, oh, they're telling a spell, the way, how we use it in the film, I, like it's particularly over that montage where um, Izzy's really starting to, you know, get her powers and explore her, her hellbender-ishness. Um, uh, I always felt like when we do the musical numbers, that's what it is. It's just another way from their isolated mountaintop to be kind of like, you know, casting spells, but through music out into the universe. Cause they're all kind of about like being a motherfucking mountain, you know, they're all the lyrics are very like, I will eat you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when, when are we going to get all of those songs? Like when are you releasing the album? Cause there's only like a handful of them on Spotify right now. <laughs> it's coming out in like June and it's coming out on vinyl. It's, it's like, no way! Right. 
That's yeah. awesome. We got like a record deal from <laughs> this company called Ship to Shore. And they're really cool, really nice. And um, they wanted to put out the soundtrack. And so what we did was we added on, on the vinyl album all the songs that kind of hit the floor because we had written 20 something songs for the film. Wow. And I think there's only 14. And so we added everything. So it's a really fun, a really fun album. Wow. This is like a huge benefit to having like fast and heavy, right? Because you can get 22 songs on a vinyl. Exactly. It's so true. Like I grew up on punk rock and hardcore and, you know, it was like the album was over in 12 minutes. Yeah. And it had 26 <laughs> songs. <laughs> yeah, nothing nothing turns me away from a new album fast enough than when I see that there's only eight songs, but it's an hour and a half long. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, my God. Neither can I. And it's so funny. That's our rule is, like, when we write songs, it's like it has to be under two and a half minutes. It has to be. That's awesome. Is that sort of approach similar to how you are shooting the movie as well? Like, do you do, like, sing not not single takes, but, like, as few takes as possible? Or do you guys shoot over and over and over and drive each other crazy? <laughs> <laughs> well a lot of times we're shooting like in the winter or in the cold for some reason we're just drawn to shooting in like the coldest weather ever so that we can suffer but so we we definitely try to nail it as soon as possible but we don't shy away from repeating it again there are a lot of times where it's like one more time and that turns into like 15 more times but it's okay because uh then we get it and when we don't get it we don't shy away from doing it again. That's one of the great things about like being a family and like shooting where we live is that we can like go home, put it onto the computer. And if we don't like it, we'll just go outside and shoot it again that day or the next day. Damn. You're like, you're really making a strong argument for just be like being the person who does everything on set. Like rather than trying <laughs> to find a team, just figure out how to do it with, you know, free labor, your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So in, in terms of like long takes and, and hard days, uh, Lulu, was there that scene where you're getting eaten and you're, you're severed in half? Was that a really long day? Did you have to stay? Was that practical, by the way? Were you in a table where uh, it's just sort of faking it? Oh, you know what? That is one of the best story ones to tell. <laughs> that one was true method acting for situation. <laughs> I was miserable. <laughs> um, and that helped me get through all those Scream Queen things because I didn't grow up you know uh, like like crying a ton and you know I mean I did scream a lot as a kid I was known for that but in that scene we were shooting out on this beach that slowly went out into the ocean and so it was just kind of wet sand for a while and you know we had this white cloth that we could really blend into the environment super easily like a green screen it was getting wet and muddy and I was supposed to be there you know in my bikini and it's I think November, December. Oh, no. Freezing. And so I would do runs, but, you know, it's not like we have, like, this crazy set or we rented the house closest to it on the beach. So mom and dad just have a ton of towels, and I go in the car and put my toes right on the heater as long as I can. And then when they call me, I run out, get on there, and within, you know, 15 minutes, or take the shot again, or, oh, that we were in the same place, or Zelda's, you know, Zelda was also lying in a really funny position at the bottom of my legs, and I'm there in my bikini, like, the best part of the story the best part of the story is when the wave came oh yeah <laughs> a big wave came and it was right under me and i was honestly it was so funny i couldn't help but laugh because it was we have a video we have a video a real like a real pacific northwest sneaker wave came she was on the beach we were filming and a sneaker wave came and suddenly 
she was in three feet of water <laughs> on that table. And we were all, all the rest of us were running with all the cameras. <laughs> Good luck, Lulu. They just left you behind. Project the gear. <laughs> Thank God she was over 18 and an adult. And a surfer. Right, and a surfer oh, and yeah. a tough John, girl. John, you should tell the story of how you did the effect of her body cut in half when you were getting yeah. footage. Of, yeah, tell that. We So we had gotten that footage of Lulu on that stormy day where she almost got swept out to sea. But she didn't because she's a tough girl. And she laughed the whole time. But I had to end through the next part, which was to cut her in half. And so we were on the beach and I found a beautiful piece of driftwood and I set it up on the table and I put seaweed on it and I poured Hershey syrup and strawberry syrup all over it. And I'm filming it. And this guy walks by and he's with his dog and he's staring at me and he's like, aren't you a little old to be doing this? What? <laughs> and I was like, uh, it looks like I'm not. Yeah. What did he think you were doing? I was speechless. I was like, uh, I don't know. Am I? Should I? Wait, what? I went home and I told the kids. I was like, uh, it was <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm making art. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. I love the granular nature of that too. Like, aren't you a little old to put Hershey sauce on a piece of driftwood? Like, what part of it were you too old for? <laughs> Well, it's like Lemmy says, if you think you're too old to rock and roll, you are. Yeah, Aww. there you go. <laughs> and like, that's that's something that like we were we were talking about that a little bit before before uh, before Toby and Zelda got on like, Lulu and Zelda got on the call. Sorry, um, about just like how everybody sort of looks at your life as weird, um, but like it's just natural. Like I really think that you're it. It can take a long time to sort of work into a lifestyle that's weird compared to other people, and I think that. Uh, you guys are like way I'm pointing you don't even know who I'm pointing at I think <laughs> Zelda Lulu you guys are way ahead of everybody else because it's not like until you get into like your 30s that you realize I can just do whatever I want like you guys have kind of been doing that your whole life I hope you know how lucky you are <laughs> we've been weird since we were born because yeah. our parents are weird too <laughs> no other example <laughs> A, fu a funny story about that was in our first festival. Some it's our our movie Rumble Strips was filled with curse words by a five year old kid, and uh, somebody raised their hand and they said, "Zelda, I would really like to know what you think about all the inappropriate language in the film." And she was like, "Which language is that?" <laughs> and I pretty much explained it all. They just grew up. They were like, "What? Is the, what's inappropriate about anything here?" <laughs> That's great. So how, how have things changed from filming Rumble Strips to filming Hellbender? Like, I'm sure, like, obviously, uh, more of you are behind the camera at this point. But, like, have, have the, how have the dynamics uh, on set evolved? Who's the hardest to work mm. with? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really good question. It's so cool because, you know, like, some people have, like, family movies to watch, like, over the years. We have actual movies to, to watch to see, like, how we've evolved as a family, but also as filmmakers. So... I definitely think that we've really evolved as filmmakers from Rumble Strips to our, our current film. Definitely like our technology has advanced, I think. Like we've experimented with a lot of different technologies and figured out what we like. We love working with like as little as possible, like working with a Canon 5D. It's small, but highly effective. We love our special little tripod, our little Ronin as like a steady cam. And we've grown to just really love those and use those a lot. But what do you think? 
Yeah, I'd say just kind of like with any experience, we've just improved as we've all gotten our flow even better and kind of knowing like, okay, we do your idea, then mine, then hers, then hers. Like we go through each of them kind of methodically now or get the shot done. And at the end, be like, you want to try anything experimental. We've kind of gotten just more of that refined efficiency that just comes with experience. And I think caring about it, you know, still making sure that you're trying to improve on it and exploring the things we didn't try in other movies. Like, you know, we've only made horrors now the last few films and being like, you know, we really want to get more funky with it. This is such a great table to use and you can eat all kinds of meals on it in horror. You can still add comedy, you can still add drama and now you can do all these really cool effects. You know, I think just remembering that we love it and trying to explore things we didn't do in either ones. Yeah, a lot of people really ask like, oh, you guys must argue a lot. Like, what do you do? Like when you argue about like who wants what? And we honestly are just like, all right, let's just shoot it, you know, four different ways. And, you know, in the editing process, we'll see which one looks best. Who wins the argument? (laughs) And then we can hold it against each one of us in the end. That's the best part when you win. (laughs) I like that. It's like, instead of fixing it in post, you can settle the argument in post. Totally. It's funny though because you know in a way everything you, that they're saying is true but also in a way some stuff has changed very little like the fact that we still kind of wear every hat and then sometimes if we're all on film someone's got to press play and then run back into the scene <laughs> and then when it's starting to run out I mean it's pretty hysterical like how we get things done sometimes when we all have to be in front of the camera um, so in a way not a lot has changed in that sense. Yeah, I think technically not much has changed and it's nice. We love our simple Canon 5D and we love our simple Sennheiser mic with our Zoom thing because it's easy and it works. So why change it? Yeah. And we love natural light. Yeah. yeah, and we don't have lighting. So they're like we, and yeah, and it's kind of almost scary to think about change because it's like it would really throw a wrench into how we operate. Like even just having one extra person standing there would be like, oh my God, what do we do with that person? (laughs) (laughs) I love seeing you guys post stuff on Instagram too because it's just like, it's just like regular gear and stuff. But like, and then you see the finished product you're like, I don't know how the fuck they got that with with that camera, but it looks incredible. (laughs) Oh, thank you. The camera's so light, we take it everywhere with us. So whenever we see something, we can just screech to a halt, pull over and get it. Yeah. Is that is that mostly what you did when you were filming Hellbender? Because I think last time we talked, you mentioned that it was right around the beginning of the the pandemic, and you guys just sort of took off, and you just you were just shooting anywhere you thought looked good, I guess. Yeah, we were super lucky. Um, we because we again we bought another small trailer and towed it behind a pickup truck and lived in a trailer. We had shot half of the movie here in the Catskills. Okay. And then when school got canceled and Zelda was going to be everybody got sent home for a year. It was like, well, we don't need to live here. Let's travel around. You know, COVID was brutal for the world, but for us, we had so much freedom because we were just drifting around making this movie. And like, we could, we were in Wyoming and we were in Texas and we were in Oregon and all these beautiful places. And there was nobody there. It was empty and we used it. We used all these state parks and we used all this beautiful land and we were able to, use the environment basically like if a storm was rolling in it was hey quick let's get out and shoot this scene that we've been talking about because it's going to look great as the storm rolls in it was really a great advantage the america really worked out well for us it was so fun yeah i mean like things things aren't 
I mean, things are pretty open back up in America now, but uh, I know you've been you've been filming a new movie for a little while. Have you found that that's been sort of the same experience? Well, now this movie, now we're back upstate. We're only oh, okay. up here. where So it's a whole different, like people know us and they like seeing us work and uh, because we're like the local idiots, and, <laughs> <laughs> but we're their idiots. So it's totally different. This one, much more controlled and simple. We were really just flying by the seat of our pants with Hellbender, which was so fun. It seems like that's where you guys excel, though, is, is just sort of like <laughs> shooting from the hip. This this one's more of a period piece, right? When the devil roams, it is. Yeah, but it's a de- it takes place in the Depression era on the um on a dying carnival circuit. Oh, cool! Oh, and it's really fun because we all my we 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 grew up here in the Catskills. My parents in, in this house that we're in right now. It's from the 1800s. We've always grown up around broken antiques and all this stuff has been waiting to be filmed. It's really wild. Like this film is just unfolding in front of us, kind of writing itself in a lot of ways, even though we obviously have a fun skeleton that we're following. But um, the Catskills, the houses, the antiques, the cars, we have a 1931 Chevy that works. So it's really been a beautiful experience. That's rad. That's amazing. I can't believe that car works. It, uh, it works well. It works. It works better than a brand new. It starts right up in the freezing cold. It goes. I mean, it's slippery and crazy, but it <laughs> we're gonna die in it one day. But it works. Yeah. Does right. it- <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the camera will be running. Hopefully, it's just a tell. We can shoot that, and we can still keep using you. <laughs> so is is that one also? Does that one also have horror elements, or is it more of um like more of a crime genre piece? Yeah, it's we're gonna explore body horror. With this one, it's gonna—it's kind of a cross between Bonnie and Clyde and Frankenstein. Fuck yeah, Brad. <laughs> I'm so, we're so glad we—it's you know um, that you say fuck yeah because <laughs> we just had kind of like a because of Hellbender we've had some business meetings with kind of like kind of Hollywood type people right and this one producer was like we told him what we were filming he's like well that'll never sell <laughs> period. Period and pieces and horror are dead in the water. No one's ever going to buy that. And it was like, wow. Shut the fuck up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope you said that in the room. <laughs> Maybe next time I'll have the guts. Yeah, yeah. But I'm- <laughs> We're trying to behave. We're trying to behave. It's so fun, like, working with body horror and stuff like that though because if you guys ever come over to your house you'll see just a bunch of limbs lying around it's so weird if i have a friend coming over because they'll just see like a hand in the living room (laughs) on the living room dining table they're like what's going on i'm like oh it's just a casual you know ornament (laughs) oh just move that and you can sit down (laughs) (laughs) happened to our house Do you Don't guys... worry, that pool of blood is dry. <laughs> do, you, do you make the practical effects yourself? Like all because like you've got tons of body parts in in Hellbender. Like is is that all your own work? Yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that was just our own stuff. And we also have an effects guy named Trey Lindsay who does who's like basically our fifth family member now. He's such a joy to work with. A wonderful guy, and. Um, we actually found, we ordered a bunch of, it's so funny. We ordered body parts from a guy we found on Facebook. This guy was posting these pictures and he kept, he kept getting banned, you know, cause they're so real. He'd be like, you know, he'd be like, yeah, I just made this head. And then he ripped the mouth open. And I was always like, good Lord, that 
Jeez. And then he'd be banned. So I yeah. couldn't contact him. And then he, as soon as he'd get back on, I'd be like, I want that head and that hand. <laughs> and that. So he makes us this stuff and it's exceptional. Oh, and in fact, um, we had one of our packages ripped open and gone through. I don't know by who. <laughs> Uh, it was an arm. We got an arm sent to us. So it was ripped <laughs> off the shoulder. And they're so real. And this thing was obviously ripped apart and inspected because somehow they saw that there was, because I asked for the bone to be left in it because we got a saw through it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe they x-rayed it. I don't know how they knew that there was an arm being shipped, but it was pretty funny. Can you imagine like the, what is it? The like post office opening that to inspect it and just being like an arm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That like I imagine our local post office is like, oh no, no, don't know. That's that's the Adams. Yeah, no, that's gonna be don't open that. It's okay. That that box is supposed to be dripping. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. So the the other thing I want I really want to commend you on uh is the the really gross tunnel that's at the end of the movie uh you know when we first saw this back at fantasia it was like a week after we saw fear street i don't know if you guys watched that on netflix last year but they have like a witchy gooey tunnel and it's nothing compared to yours how big was that actual tunnel that you had to crawl through awesome question it's so cool and and nobody ever wants to know about that we're dying to talk about yeah exactly <laughs> We, that took a little while to figure out how to do. First, my parents here were digging a new plumbing system. So there was a big ditch and I was like, oh my God, we're going to use that big ditch. So <laughs> I had, we had Toby crawl around in a big ditch with a flashlight for a little while, but it didn't quite look awful enough. It looked like she was crawling around in a big ditch. And so then we started to experiment and we realized that the insulation I was, the spray foam insulation I was no using way. for this old house, how gruesome it looked. And then I hit it with some red paint and I was like, we got our tunnel. And so it's it's just chicken wire with with spray foam insulation and oh, red paint. That's so wow. smart. Wow, it looks like guts. <laughs> yeah, it's awful looking, it's so awful looking. <laughs> So we had a lot of fun doing that. And it's only 10 feet long. Like the tunnel is actually only 10 feet long. And it's like, it's not a real tunnel. It's just half of a tunnel so that I could follow her with the Ronin as she went through it. And then to make it, because you start to see the same parts of the tunnel, we flipped it and changed it and put more dirt in it. And it's a, that was a fun thing to film. And it looks, it was kind of our quote to the descent because we all love the descent. Rad. You, you definitely give it a run for its money. That's for damn sure. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. You know, I love I love how brutal this movie is. And it's, I don't know, I could talk to you guys for hours about it. It's just like, even just like, I love this specific shot where she's standing on a light post. Like, I love everything. It's all great. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. You're the first that's, person, you're the first person really? who's mentioned that's, that. That's a crime. <laughs> <laughs> we pointed out every time, we, we've seen the movie like four times now, and every time we're like, that fucking looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Right actually, actually I, I watched your I watched your TikTok video uh, for for Vogue recently. And you have like a similar thing like on top of the house that it looked really great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm gonna take some inspiration from our movies on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it looks awesome, and um, we we don't keep you guys forever because we know you're in the middle of shooting a movie. But um, but we like to ask everybody who comes on the show what their dream double feature would be at the drive-in. If you could play any two movies, or or you could, if you want, you could all pick one. It's an all nighter at the drive-in. First movie's Hellbender. What do we what do we play after that? 
that's a great question. That is a really good question. Do we each have our own individual response? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Toby, I'm going to steal yours. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really think it should be The Witch. And this is Toby's favorite movie. And it's such, it's such a great witch movie and like woman movie. I, I think that they just go really well together. So I would pick The Witch. I'm going to go with Vampire, the one spelled with a Y from the 20s. Yeah. I We rewatched that a little while ago, and it's might be my favorite movie. It's just so wonderfully done and so, like, clever. And just to be in the same theater with that movie, that would be cool. We actually only just watched it for the first time recently, and there's a sequence <laughs> in the beginning where they're, like, carting a dead body around, and, like, there's a POV from the casket that's amazing. So cool. And the whole idea of a shadow sitting down with the person. Man. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, I've been on a big silent film and like early 30s film kick lately. And I think it's it's like it's like when you watch movies from the 20s and 30s, it's like watching indie movies now because you have these people that have like so many restrictions and like no tech, uh, but they're still pulling off incredible stuff like you guys are. Please give us some recommendations. Uh, yeah, because yeah. that's what we're into right now is we're into black and white and 30s movies. So like we're trying to watch a ton of them. Have you seen the F.W. Murnau film um, Sunrise, the to- Song of Two Souls? It's, I think it's so. on my watch list. I've seen a shot from it that like I'm like, I got to see this movie. I love that one. <laughs> That one. Yeah. I'm, what were you going to suggest? John? Well, I was going to ask if you'd seen Todd Browning's The Unknown with Lon Chaney. It's a circus oh, movie. No. It's oh, oh, perfect. It's oh yeah, it's only like an hour long. Um, it's like an incredible performance from Lon Chaney, and it's super short. And if you guys are in the carnival mode right now, I think you'll really like it. Thank oh, you. Cool. It's perfect. Um, but back to to the double feature thing. <laughs> yeah, I might have. To, I, I kind of always talk about this film because I think it's so awesome. I would do it with Basket Case for something just really totally different. Um, from Hellbender and just seedy and and you know just kind of brutal in its own wonderful ugly way. Yeah, just get wild and weird with it. <laughs> How about you, Lou? I think mine maybe doesn't sound very related, but The Goonies. That is like a childhood favorite. I think that would be really fun and goofy, and a little bit you know more cheesy. But there's still lots of kind of funky looking characters, and they're just these bunch of kids doing an adventure and that's kind of what we're doing i yeah. feel like that would be a fun kind of comic relief and a little intro like children's horror in a way yeah both like coming of age too right yeah yeah right. yeah um, that's the point yeah that's what i meant <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys what would you play oh, oh shit uh that's a great question damn i don't well, first up, we're gonna play the deeper you dig because we're gonna we're really gonna sell people <laughs> on the idea like you gotta fucking watch their movies. Kim, what's your pick? I don't. know. I think when you guys mentioned the Descent, I would probably yeah. go with the Descent because that's such a a fun nod to kind of the cave exploration at the end of the movie. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea what kind of witchy movie I'd I'd pair with it. But yeah, I would I would totally go watch the Descent and Hellbender any day of the week. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's great. I would love to be in a theater with that movie and those powerful women. That is such a great movie. We just rewatched it and it's like, wow, it's so complex and cool. Hey, I honestly, I think I think people are going to say the same thing about Hellbender. I'm really excited to see the reactions. Oh, from, from everybody. thank you. And, uh, thank you. And the Shutter audience is like the best horror audience you could get for an indie movie. 
when they approached us, we were like, yes, because we love Shudder. We love their movies and we love their audience. They're very informed. Like it's a great audience. Thanks so much to the Adams family for joining us, all of them for joining us and sharing a little bit about their movie Hellbender, which you can check out on Shudder if you haven't already, because it's on there right now. You can find us on Twitter at NOFS Podcast in Discord at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. If you want to chat all things Hellbender and current horror, present day horror, classic horror, whatever you want, we'll be there. Yeah, the Discord's nuts about Texas Chainsaw Massacre right now. Uh, good or bad, everybody's got an opinion, and we have all been ranking the franchise. You know, whether you liked it or not, you have to admit that the memes have been top-notch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also, the kills are top-notch. Like, forget plot. I'm not coming to the ninth Texas Chainsaw Massacre for story. All right, take it to the Discord, John. Take it to the Discord. <laughs> hey, uh, also, while you're at it, we put together a pre-show to help get you in the mood for Hellbender. And you can find that at nofspodcast.com slash fiend club but until next time i'm john i'm kim stay Stay creepy it appears you made it out alive but we'll get you next time help us to grow the horde leave a five-star review on apple podcasts or wherever you subscribe More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Stop!